welcome to the Experts in Sport podcast, brought to you by Loughborough University. This podcast seeks to bring together the worlds of academia and professional practice. If you're interested in the latest research and trends in sport, then this is the podcast for you. Today, I'm with Dr. Vari Morris. Vari is a lecturer in biochemistry at Loughborough University. She attained her PhD in tumour virology from the University of Birmingham. And her research interests include understanding the interactions between cancer cells and stromal cells in the tumour microenvironment. She's been involved in developing a novel 3D cell to co-cultural system to look at the role of mesenchymal stem cells on breast cancer cell invasiveness and is now using this model to assess whether exercise has any impact on these cellular interactions. Bori is also the founder of Essential Cancer Education, where she helps cancer health professionals to engage their patients with healthy lifestyle changes to reduce secondary cancer risk and improve patient outcomes. In today's podcast, we discuss exercise and cancer. Bori gives us an insight into the immune system's response to cancer and the physiological benefits of exercise to prevent cancer, improve the effectiveness of treatment for cancer and the recovery from cancer treatments. Vari also provides recommendations for the duration and amount of exercise for cancer patients. And in the current COVID-19 climate, we discuss why cancer patients might be at increased risk of contracting COVID-19 and discuss exercise recommendations for those recovering from the virus. Hi Vari, thanks for joining me today. Hi Martin, thank you. So we're going to talk a little bit about exercise, the immune system and cancer. We've already had a few chats with Martin Lindley and Letty Bishop um, and others around the immune system. Uh, we're going to touch upon a, a few areas today. But first of all, can you just speak to us about who's at higher risk of, of COVID-19 and, and why? In terms of the cancer community, it's people who are either going through active treatment or are on immunosuppressive drugs or um, cancer patients who have blood cancers, basically, because of, because of the effects of immunosuppression. So it's, it's not necessarily everybody with cancer. It's certain. Certain, no. certain specific areas of cancer. Yeah. And what is what is the role of that with the immune system? So briefly touch upon the immune system. Again, we, we've spoken about it in depth, but regarding cancer, COVID, immune system, okay. so, give, give us what you've got. Uh, where to start? Uh, chicken and egg here. So we ha we know that the um, that cancer is caused by genetic mutations, but it's also uh, caused by our immune systems not properly eliminating cancer cells. And those who have immunosuppression of some description will be at higher risk of developing certain cancers. Coronavirus uh, obviously obliterates the immune system because you get this this cytokine storm, this massive inflammation. But also there's some evidence that the virus actually infects T cells and kills them. So patients who have coronavirus have a lowered immune system because of the effects of the virus and therefore and people who have a lowered immune system are at a greater risk of getting cancer certain cancers so therefore they're unable to fight the effects of the covid but also unable to affect the you know the fight the cancer side as well precisely precisely and people who have uh, certain blood cancers will be immunosuppressed because of the effects of the the, the tumor cells that have arisen from their their blood um, cell lines where does where does exercise come into this where does where do we go with exercise in first First of all, preventing preventing cancer. Yeah, so it's a fairly recent, newly emerging field, about 20, 25 years old. But we know that exercise can actually reduce the risk of developing cancer in the first place. 
There was a big meta-analysis came out in 2016 by Muratal. I can send you the link to that later. Uh, they showed, they looked at 26 different cancers and they showed that leisure time physical activity, so not even just exercise, but leisure time physical activity had a protective effect against 13 of those 26 cancers. There's Since then, there's been uh, evidence that it can prevent secondary metastases, that um, it can also improve quality of life, of course, and improve um, immune function in patients. So what type of exercise are we, are we talking about there? Because you mentioned leisure time. Leisure time physical activity would be include things like gardening and you know active commuting, for example, cycling to work. But the the evidence is that low to moderate intensity exercise can actually uh, reduce your risk of developing certain cancers. And is that all linked to the recommendations of the NHS as well? Where does resistance training come in on that? Resistance training can actually help reduce lymphedema, but the evidence isn't strong for it reducing the um, or at least not on its own reducing the risk of uh, developing. And and how does it do that? How does how does exercise prevent cancer in the first? place? Lots of different ways, but um, there's maybe two theories that I'm particularly interested in. One is the fact that exercise reduces inflammation. And so we know that inflammation is a bit of a hotbed for cancer growth because it's basically lots of growth factors kicking around the system. So exercise actually reduces that chronic low-grade inflammation and can help in that way. It also reduces adiposity. So it reduces the fat, particularly around the, the visceral fat around the stomach area. And fat cells themselves secrete estrogen, which is a growth factor, which promotes the growth of cancer. So by reducing that, you're reducing the amount of estrogen being secreted in the system, but also it improves immune function in patients as well. So we get mobilisation of two particular classes of immune cells. The first are natural killer cells or NK cells. So I liken these to being like Daleks that roam around the system looking for signs of trouble, breaking up fights, you know. Um, And the other class of cells is T cells. So your T cells are specific to a particular, they'll recognise a particular cell with a particular protein being expressed on its surface and exercise can help mobilise these in the fight against cancer. What's the effect of that? So, you know, if so if you do have cancer, the effect of that is to reduce its development and its growth. Yeah, precisely. Or it helps your immune system to seek out and destroy cancer cells. So if you've already got large tumours, do they get destroyed or does this, does, does that not It happen? doesn't appear to reduce the grow, the size, sorry, of existing tumours in either mice or in humans, but it does re- reduce the rate of growth. So it slows the rate of growth. So it's beneficial. We know that. We, we know oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there is there any relationship regarding volume? the amount of exercise people are doing. That's a, a hotly debated area, I've got to say. So the the issue, and I'm sure you, you're well aware of this as a sports scientist, the issue is that there's no necessarily any standard approach to running clinical trials within patients who are doing exercise interventions or the way that they're measured or the, the outputs that are measured from them. So it's quite hard to, to pick out and say, yes, you can do this much exercise of this type for this length of time and therefore you'll reduce your risk of cancer. So uh, I couldn't answer that articulately at the moment. <laughs> we just don't know. <laughs> that's, that, that's fair enough. Exercise is good. We just don't know how much. Exactly. Okay. Uh, well, we, the recommendations for patients are to participate in between 150 to 300 minutes of moderate intensity every week. We know that that's good. We just don't know if doing two hours a day is better. No. Or, that's that's no, what we're we saying. No, yeah. we don't. <laughs> so Plus, also, the- I think when people are going through cancer, it can what, what they could do before is really, really challenging. So it's not a case of, oh, you must do this and you must reach that, that threshold or you're not going, you're going to do yourself damage. It's more a case of do what you can. Move, I, move more and sit less. <laughs> I think that's a very valid point to add in there. It's certainly got, it's got to be individualised. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so w- you mentioned about what happens 
kind of as we exercise. Can you go into a bit more detail, kind of the effects on uh, of chemotherapy on patients? Yeah, so chemotherapy, um, well, it's, it's poison essentially, isn't it? You're you're um, poisoning, trying to kill off chemo- cancer cells, but the not specific to cancer cells, it also damages quite a lot of their healthy tissue as well. So when you're undergoing chemotherapy, it can be it can be quite exhausting leave you feeling quite sick and so the ability to be able to exercise throughout that can be quite challenging however there is evidence that people who have been on a prehab exercise program so they do exercise before and during chemotherapy they actually have it lessens the severity of the side effects of chemotherapy there's some evidence that it improves or enhances the chemosensitivity of the cancer cells so i.e the cancer cells are more likely to die off by the chemotherapy but it also enhances the chemo resistance in their healthy tissues so it has a kind of protective effect over their healthy cells so doing exercise before and during chemotherapy can really boost your response to chemo and also make you feel a lot less, a lot less shocking. And it and it does that by so increasing vascularity, so the structure. So yeah. it increases the amount of blood flow. Yep, it around does. tumors. So, and- Sorry, carry on, carry on. <laughs> right, no, uh, yeah, so your tumours, um, if you imagine like a bunch of grapes and the grapes right in the middle don't have any blood vessels feeding them with nutrients and oxygen, okay? Now, tumour cells can survive for a little bit of time without that oxygen. It's called hypoxia, but after a while they would die off. Now, your normal cells would die off almost immediately uh, without oxygen for any length of time, but your tumour cells have evolved a way to um, survive in these conditions. But they can only survive for so long and eventually they have to grow their own blood vessels so they, we call this angiogenesis but they kind of do it hastily I don't know if your mother ever said Ted to you more haste less speed my mum used to say it to me all the time um, but they, they're going to do a rush job and so it's not a very good structure they're quite leaky and they're all disorganised and irregular so what exercise actually does in that instance is it enhances the structure of and the, the um, amount of these, these blood vessels and makes them less leaky so that now chemotherapy can get right into the centre of the tumour and be more effective at, at uh, eliminating it so for those those that are listening the experts will entirely know what you're talking about with that for, for those who are, who are unaware of that system so the more we exercise the more the vascular structures the blood vessels the capillaries all of that system develops more in everything in, in muscles yeah. in tumors all over the place so yeah. you know taking it right back you can breathe less you lower your heart rate all those yeah. things happen from exercise and it's because of this mechanism Exactly. That, that's what we're saying. Yeah, so. it enhances the ability of the chemotherapy drugs to get right into the centre of the tumour where they're needed. Because yeah, those so cells sure. right in the centre of the tumour will be the, the ones that are able to survive longer because they have adapted to be able to survive in those harsh conditions. So you want to get rid of them if you can. <laughs> so again, I think for our listeners, I think that's quite clear that you know what exercise can do, increasing veins, capillaries and enabling the delivery of treatment yep. into the tumour where it where it's needed. Yeah, but in addition to that, actually, what the, what the um, so if you imagine doing exercise, the, the what happens to your blood vessel walls when the blood is pumping much more fast uh, against the side of the blood vessel walls, it causes these shearing forces, and that reduce, um, results in a, a signalling cascade being activated which actually results in recruiting the immune cells that we talked about earlier the natural killer cells and the t cells to come to the site and help in the fight against the tumor so you get a bigger structure with more of the goodies coming yeah. in more of the goodies i like that yeah. <laughs> so we've we've talked about training um volume 
And you've mentioned the moderate intensity exercise. Yeah. So what's what's the problem with high intensity exercise? The high intensity exercise is, you know, if you do one or two bouts, it's not going to be terrible. But if you're prolonged, if you're undertaking prolonged high intensity exercise, then you're actually increasing your risk of infection from upper respiratory tract infections like coronavirus. Um, but if you think about why, it's because you're uh, suppressing your immune system. So in that instance, it's going to be harmful in terms of your anti-tumor immune response as well. So I, I personally would avoid prolonged high intensity exercise. I would be opting for regular moderate intensity exercise instead. And it's interesting. I mean, if people want to find out more on that, we, we spoke about that regarding athletes. We've done a podcast with Martin Lindley where we spoke about athletes and actually lockdown potentially being good for them and yeah. for them to, you know, get their immune system back to where it should be. And we discuss a lot really about high intensity training and the, the increased infections that the athletes can be susceptible to. So yeah. links in very nicely with, with that one. We've talked about what, what lessons have we learned from other diseases like this? So like SARS and things like that, what lessons have we learned that we can take into the, the kind of COVID scenario at the moment? Yeah. So the thing about COVID is it's so new. Um, we still don't know much about it. Obviously, we're learning more and more each day. But uh, in terms of whether exercise can be beneficial for COVID recoverers, it's, it's unclear. But the, we do know that from the SARS outbreak, which was in 2004, that the lung, although lung function was still was like 12 months after the infection, after the person had recovered, although their lung function seemed to be back to normal, they were still suffering um, fatigue and exhaustion um, and their immune function wasn't quite back to normal. Um, but exercise can obviously help promote that. So we, we are making an assumption here that, that we'll be able to see something similar for coronavirus, but nobody's done the studies quite as yet. So what we're predicting is that people coming back after having had coronavirus will need to lower the intensity of exercise, the volume of exercise, and Probably. gradually build up to the five times 30 or five times 60 yeah. wherever they're at on their journey. Yeah, um, probably. So the, the evidence, not the evidence, but the um, what seems to be happening, I suppose it is evidence, what seems to be happening is that if people push themselves too far, they're actually setting themselves further back in their road to recovery. So the recommendation is to gradually increase the amount of exercise that you do and kind of do a little bit less than you think you're able to so that you don't you know, totally overexhaust yourself. So it's, it sounds like good, good advice. I mean, from some of the, the evidence you sent me prior to, to us having a chat now, it says here that SARS cases in 27.8% of patients demonstrated persistent changes on chest x-rays 12 months after recovery. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's some huge potential long-term effects. Oh, yeah. And we're starting to see that with this long-tail version of COVID that where people are not being hospitalised on ventilators and whatnot, but they're ill for maybe 12 to 16 weeks with nausea and vomiting and not being able to eat, um, having yeah, palpitations, chest pains, Um it's quite it's quite severe actually and have you experienced or got knowledge of when people do try and push themselves back into exercise that actually it kicks it back off again uh yeah so uh, well and just anecdotal evidence from the stuff that i've seen uh, out there like news reports where people have said you know I, I i went for a walk around the block with my child on his bike and i was in bed for two weeks after that i, um, I mean i had that chat with with again with martin but i think it was off air and off the podcast where that was spoken about regarding the intensity and any athlete who may have had covid you know, you need to be very aware of how they are, how they're feeling, any 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 increases in training volume. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Take it easy. Gradual increments. 
Yeah, so I think with, with patients and who aren't aware of training load and training volume, you know, cancer patients and things like that, I think it's probably it's probably worth them staying focused on themselves, as always. Yeah. And, uh, and, not, and not, not to be so hard, don't be hard on yourself, don't feel guilty or, or like, I should be able to do more. Do what you can and rest as much as you can as well. So in terms of the recommendations that you would that you would give, what would the recommendations that you would give to so firstly to those cancer patients with cancer and recovering from cancer? And then we'll touch upon the COVID in a bit more detail, link back to that as well. Okay. So for those who have cancer and are going through treatment, um, although the recommendations are five times 30 minutes of moderate intensity exercise a week, if you're going through treatment or you've got cancer, the effects of cancer can be um, exhausting. It can, it can cause extreme fatigue. So it's a question of doing what you can and not pushing yourself again too far. But like try and do something, even if it is just a, a short walk and you get you build up to a slightly longer walk the next day. Um, that's better than nothing, I think. In terms of people who are recovering from coronavirus, again, there's not really recommendations in terms of like the number of minutes of exercise you need to do. But uh, as I've said already, it's about doing what you can, but not pushing yourself. I really don't push yourself too far. Is there anything else you want to add into what we've talked about? I'll tell you what, there's a good resource, actually, that I would recommend your listeners to go and check out. And it's movingmedicine.ac.uk. Uh, so they, it was a project that was funded by the Faculty of Sport, Exercise, Medicine and Public Health England a couple of years ago. And it's a resource aimed at GPs and allied health professionals to help them start conversations with their patients and clients uh, around exercise without having to wade through the literature themselves. It's kind of all been done for you and the, the key recommendations have been filled out. But it's actually also, I think, a really useful resource for the general public who are interested in this because they've got some really lovely, easy to understand and follow infographics and resources that you can you can download on their website that's so brilliant if, if you can if you send want to a link, send to, that a link to that we'll, we'll put it out with the podcast that'd be great Bari thank you very much for for what you've what you've gone through I think it'll give us a clear understanding of, of people with cancer and covid and the relevance of exercise uh, I really enjoyed the conversation around the benefits of exercise Mm-hmm. and what that can bring to the table but also I like the way we've touched upon that it's all individual and that people need to be clear that exercise is good but not to feel guilty yeah. if they fatigue really quickly and they need to take their time especially if they've been affected by covid yeah. just to get back to where they were previously yeah. so really good advice I think you've already mentioned the moving medicine website that we'll put the link into so yeah, yeah. thanks for all your advice I'm sure me. I'll see you around campus so thank you very much when we get back (laughs) yeah definitely definitely thanks for listening to the experts in sport podcast if you'd like to read more about Vori's research you can read her latest paper titled identification of research priorities in exercise oncology a consensus study at the journal of cancer you can access her latest blog via her website at essentialcancereducation.com or for more resources regarding physical activity and health check out the website mentioned in the podcast at movingmedicine.ac.uk. Thanks for listening. See you next time.